0: This is Classical Ideas with Greg Soden. Welcome to Classical Ideas. This is Greg Soden. Over the course of several years, my guest today, Yujiro Seki, single-handedly planned, shot, and edited a feature-length documentary called Carving the Divine. Carving the Divine offers a rare and intimate look into the life and artistic process of modern-day bushi practitioners of a 1,400-year-old lineage of wood carving that is at the beating heart of Japanese Mahayana Buddhism. Yujiro had the rare opportunity to follow a guild of Buddhist sculptors from the studio of Bushi, Master Seki, a former apprentice of the legendary Bushi, Master Sato. Master Seki is a pioneer in preserving and advancing the art of Bushi. He's not only taken many apprentices under his wing, he's also established a school for the Japanese public to learn the craft. Yujiro was granted rare access into the life and rights of Buddhist priests, and especially those of, the, of Shingon, or true word, Buddhism. Our conversation today discusses Yujiro's motivations for making the film Carving the Divine, his history of being exposed to Bushi while growing up in Japan, the process of making his film Carving the Divine, and other discussions around Shingon Buddhism. After you listen to this episode, or actually you should just pause it right now and do this, you should watch his trailers for his film and subscribe to his YouTube channel where he is posting teasers and footage from his film about the 1,400-year-old tradition of Bushi while also doing other Q&A discussions about Buddhism and Buddhist practice in Japan. You should check out carvingthedivine.com to check out and support Yujiro's work. This was a fantastic conversation about filmmaking and making documentary work. So, without further delay, here is my conversation with documentarian and filmmaker Yujiro Seki. Yujiro, thank you so much for coming on Classical Ideas. Thank you very much for having me, Greg. Um, so I'm curious if we can just go ahead and start by having you introduce yourself a little bit to the, to the audience, like where you grew up, um, and how you got interested in filmmaking.
1: Well, you know, as I was growing up in Japan, uh, I was just going to uh, high school, and uh, I was involved in theater, and uh, I made a movies with uh, uh, my friends, and uh, I fell in love with the process, and I thought uh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Uh, that was a big mistake, by by the way. But, you know, I thought <laughs> to myself like that. So, you know, at that time, I was in high school. So if you want, if I want to study cinema, I should go to the United States. So that's why I came to the United States.
0: What kind of movies were you and your friends making in high school?
1: Uh, it was a detective movie. It's a comedy detective movie that, you know, uh, basically, you know, kids love to do something like that, right? It's, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Where did you grow up in Japan?
1: Uh, it's called Maibashi, Maibashi City in Japan, uh, which is uh, close to Tokyo, a uh, couple hours away from Tokyo um, by driving.
0: Excellent. So... The reason I wanted to talk to you today for um, this show is because, as you know, this is a podcast about religion, and I found you because you were making a film about Buddhists who do a very particular form of carving. Um, But before we dive into that, I'm curious, what are some of your personal interests in religion in general?
1: Well, I call myself, uh, I guess, a seeker of the truth. So it is, I am a very philosophical person. So it does not mean uh, I only am interested in Buddhism. I think every wisdom tradition uh, is a very intriguing as well as a philosophical tradition. So like including religion. So my, uh, passion is to actually learn about uh, different religions, uh, different philosophies, and uh, apply into uh, in my life so that I can have a uh, life with uh, wisdom rather than being fooled by uh, my desire or foolishness. So uh, of course the Buddhism is one of the religions that is filled with uh, wisdom. But at the same time, I'm open to any religions or philosophy uh, that can teach me something. So that's uh, who I am.
0: Excellent. That's really very, very much aligned with what I think about the world as well. In my, As I mentioned to you earlier, I'm a high school teacher, and I teach classes about religion. And every year, my students will read things like, the Bhagavad Gita all the way through the Quran, through the gospels Mm. and the Torah and the Dhammapada. Mm. And every single time when I'm reading them, we talk about how these things are aligned with their lives. And I think that they take away a lot from all the different traditions and all the different texts. So everything you just said, I feel like is kind of like the entire purpose of my class. So I, I just, I just agree with everything you just said. Um, so do you consider yourself a practicing Buddhist or are you more just kind of like aligned with uh, reading and studying as far and wide as you can?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not Buddhist, but I grew up in a certain environment which is more in, in, uh, in alignment with the Buddhist thought than uh, other religious thought. So, of course, my life I was influenced by uh, Buddhism but at the same time, again, I'm open to anything.
0: Cool. Yeah. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little bit about your film today, uh, carving the divine. And but before we dive into your film, um, I'd like to give you a moment to kind of set the stage. And I think that it's important that we discuss some general Buddhist terms of importance that will help people to understand the context uh, of your film which was filmed within a mainly Shingon Buddhist context in Japan. So can you kind of talk a little bit about what is Shingon Buddhism and what are some of the main concepts people need in order to understand your film?
1: That's a very heavy question. Yes, sir. Sorry uh, about that. (laughs) Because, you know, when you talk about the particular sect of Buddhism, It is a very important to understand the uh, basic of Buddhism. So uh, what I mean by basic is uh, there are three types of, uh, uh, three schools of Buddhism that uh, people uh, need to understand even uh, before getting into any sect of Buddhism. One is uh, Theravada Buddhism. Uh, Another one is uh, Mahayana Buddhist. Buddhism, and uh, the last one is uh, a Vajrayana Buddhism. So uh, basically, uh, you know, um, uh, Theravada Buddhism is about uh, uh, believing uh, enlightenment. Enlightenment is about uh, your own effort. So you can nobody can uh, help to gain the enlightenment for you. Uh, Enlightenment Buddhist means basically uh, you, you're going to be uh, basically free from an end, endless cycle of rebirth and you basically uh, extinguish your ego and desire so you can finally be free so, and you don't need to be born again. That's the idea behind the, the in, uh, enlightenment. But in order to achieve that in Terevata Buddhism, you gotta do it for yourself. Nobody can help you. That's the idea. So in order to do that, you gotta renounce the life you have. You mm-hmm. gotta go to a, like a monastic order, and you gotta devote your life uh, only to study and meditate and to achieve the enlightenment. That's a tough thing to do mm-hmm. because you gotta say goodbye to your wife. You gotta. <laughs> your friends and your job and just say, screw that, I'm going to pursue a path of Buddha. So, which is a very difficult thing to do. So, the second one is Mahayana. Mahayana Buddhism is Buddhism for uh, uh, lay people. So, even though you are not monks or you don't renounce your life, you still can achieve the enlightenment that's the idea behind the uh, So mahayana became very popular among the lay people in East Asia because it's attractive mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't need to like uh, do extreme thing. You know, in order to achieve that uh, enlightenment. So that's the mahayana So owner is extension of a Mahiana, uh which is also known as a esoteric Buddhism. So esoteric Buddhism basically means there are a lot of secrets that they don't reveal to you. And uh, uh, mainly uh, esoteric Buddhism is for Tibetan Buddhism and also Shingon Buddhism in Japan. Uh, That's where Shingon comes from.
0: And Shingon, the word Shingon, translates roughly to mantra, right? It's, a, it's called Mantriana Buddhism, but the Shingon means a true word in, in
1: Japanese. Okay. So in Shingon practice, uh, basically words themselves are not enough to achieve the enlightenment. You got to do something else.
0: Excellent, excellent. Yeah. So and um, So let's dive into your film a little bit here. So you have a new film coming out called Carving the Divine. And so what is the premise for the film? What is the film about?
1: Well, Carving the Divine is about the Buddhist sculptors of Japan. And uh, uh, this tradition has uh, 1,400 years uh, in Japan. And uh, uh, it's a very integral to... Uh, Japanese people's life in 21st century without even people realizing it. So basically, this documentary showcases uh, modern-day Bushi, which is a practitioner of this 1,400 years of tra- tradition. So how exciting is it?
0: So what is Bushi? What, so this, the sculptures, they're called Bushi, right? Right. So what is Bushi, and why is it important?
1: Well, again, I mean, in the 21st century, what is a bit more important than 1,400 years of tradition? That's the first question, right? Sure. Yeah, but, but this uh, refined form of art uh, basically came from uh, China and through, uh, through Korea, which is about the sixth century, and from there uh, they made a development. First, it was just only imitation of a Chinese uh, Korean style, but uh, uh, about uh, like a uh, 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 year 1000. So, because Japan broke away from uh, China, it, they it went to it went uh, isolationism. So Japan started developing its own style, and the Japanese have a very uh, Japanese are very perfectionism. so when you uh, see uh, those statues, statues, you will be amazed because, you know, they don't even use a sandpaper, and uh, it's just, uh, you know, when you go to uh, museums everywhere, not only Japan, around the world, you see those sculptures everywhere because uh, uh, art historians and uh, art creators uh, find the values in them, but they don't know anything about who made them, most of them. I mean, not everybody. So even like the people who go to museums, they don't know what they are and the people who make them. So I thought, why not make a documentary about uh, this culture or tradition that people have never seen before? Even in Japan, it's very difficult to get into the life of bushi.
0: So are they just carving... Statues of Shakyamuni Buddha.
1: No, there are a lot of uh, statues, uh, uh, different kind of statues in Japan. Uh, You know that's that's where Shingon comes from. So the Shingon uh, has a lot of, I mean, has a pantheon of Buddhist deities, whereas other religion as uh, Shin Buddhism, Jodo Shinshu, they only celebrate only one deity.
0: Okay, cool. So, how did you first come to discover bushi carvers? Like, how old were you?
1: Well, this is an interesting question, uh, because, uh, I mean, I knew uh, bushi ever since that I was little. Not too little, but, you know, as far as uh, I remember, uh, I was growing up in uh, this kind of tradition, what I mean by that is my dad, my father was a Buddhist furniture maker, and he was surrounded by a Buddhist priests because they are the, uh, his customers, and also uh, Bushi as well. So I had an opportunity to meet Bushis, and uh, when I was a little, I didn't think anything of it. It was just a part of my life.
0: Mm-hmm. So what was the moment that Bushi jumped out at you and you realized, wow, this is so historically important?
1: Well, that's because I came to the United States because I was able to see Japan from outside outside of view. Uh, If I was in Japan and only lived in Japan as a Japanese, I would have probably never noticed the value of it.
0: That's so interesting. And you know, I'm a, I'm right now, I'm reading a book called Zen Odyssey um, by a, an author named Janica Anderson. But the book is a history of the first Rinzai Zen master to come to America in 1905. Mm-hmm. And his name is uh, Sokion Sasaki. And he was apparently an unbelievable carver himself. And so I'm reading these stories about him being a furniture maker and a carver in New York City in, like, the 19-teens, the 1920s. And I've been thinking about your your movie as well because, like, this is something that is really ingrained in the culture, it seems like.
1: Well, ingrained in a sense. Uh, what, what sense is it?
0: Like in um it just seems like there's a really important um, like carpentry or building or um, you know this uh, this carving and the sculptures. It seems like it's just a recurrent thing that I'd keep discovering whenever I'm looking into different aspects of Buddhism.
1: Mm. Well, uh, definitely it has a long history and uh, whether uh, you you are a big fan of it or not. Uh, if you're a Japanese, you cannot avoid being surrounded by uh, this type of art.
0: Cool. So um, are the carved, finished statues when they're done? Are they used for like ceremonial purposes?
1: Well, it all depends, right? Mm-hmm. You know I mean, sometimes a regular household uh, people order uh, sculptures uh, in their house. Like you know, I mean, I told you, my father is a Buddhist altar maker, mm-hmm. and uh, in it, it this, out, this altar is like a ancestral altar. So you put a, a piece of wood representing your the grandfather or like your you know deceased like a father or mother, and you pray for it like a, you know every morning, every night or something. People do that, but you know, often people put like a statue inside of the outer, uh, patron to uh, deity uh, so that, you know, deity can protect the uh, family and all this. That's like one purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And the other purpose is, of course, like uh, uh, temples, you know, especially Shingon temples, they order uh, uh, statues and, uh, you know, y- statue itself is just a, a empty shell. But, you know, priests to uh, basically put the soul into a uh, statue and uh, give a uh, statue meaning. So, I mean, I mean, also other sects of the Buddhism order it. Uh, maybe they don't believe in spirit, but, you know, still order it in order to have uh, a statue in their temple. So, I mean, there are multiple uh, ways to uh, these statues.
0: When did you start working on carving the divine?
1: was uh, like uh, almost six years ago, actually.
0: So like around 2012?
1: Yes, yes. And it was about uh, April, so it's coming up, I think.
0: Excellent. So um, when you got really into the film and uh, the, the creation process, so obviously were you, were you living in the United States whenever you got the idea to make the film?
1: Well, uh, I went back to Japan to make a film, of course. Okay. Because so, it was set in Japan.
0: Sure. So what was your life like while you were making this film? Like, what was your day-to-day routine?
1: Well, here's the thing. So it does not mean I'm uh, filming it all the time, you know? I mm-hmm. mean, I have uh, other obligations like uh, work.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I had to work. So, But at the same time, you... Uh, it just, it was a very mundane, to be honest with you. It's not like a, most of the time, it's not really exciting. It's just the tedious work of filming because most of the time people just uh, make carvings. Sure. And after a while, you know, I mean, you get a little bit tired of what you're doing because uh, it is a very difficult to make a story out of something like this when people are just carving. And sometimes the story comes out and they have to capture the moment. So. It was a very tedious, Uh, you know, it took me a lot of patience.
0: So how did you gain access to the craftsmen and the carvers that you featured in the film? Like, how did you go about contacting them and getting them to agree to let you film them?
1: Well, to be honest with you, this is a cheat sheet that I have. Uh, This means basically I have a family connection. Okay. This is this was the only reason why I was be able to have that access. That's the one of the reasons. Also, I started the film because this is the way that I can make a contribution to the world. If I try to do something something else, which you know I might not have a uh, this great access, mm-hmm. and you know what 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 honor it is to make something like this uh, you know if i have access so i it didn't it didn't like take me so much to think about if i do it or not because uh, it was there
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah so who are the priests in the film are they full-time monastics or are they lay people who who are they
1: well you know mainly i uh, had opportunity to uh, film Shingon priest, but you know, I also uh, went different uh, like uh, uh, sect of Buddhism as well. But you know, as far as the uh, Shingon uh, Buddhist, Buddhism goes, uh, you, people uh, those Shingon priest once they are uh, finished with their training. Uh, most of them like uh, they uh they live in uh, like uh, temples and uh, uh they are guardian at that temple and uh, you know they do uh work as a priest but it's not really super strict as a monastic order so they get married of course mm-hmm. and uh, you know i don't know if a, a shingon priest will eat meat or not but I bet some people, some uh, priests uh, do eat meat. So uh, when you think about the Mahayana tradition, it's a lot less strict than, uh, let's say, Terevana. Terevana is very strict, but Mahayana is also uh, for regular people. I say it's a Mahayana, even though the uh, Shingon is considered Vajrayana. Because uh, uh, Virgiano is an extension of Mahiana, so they, you know, they go. These like Mahiana and Virgiano concept, to, you know, uh, go back to back. So that's why I'm saying that. So
0: sure. So, mm-hmm. um, how much of a production team did you have for making the film? Were you a one man team, or did you have other people working with you? Well. <laughs>
1: Yes, I am a one-man team, and, uh, you know, I whenever I did shooting, uh, either I did everything by myself, or I asked uh, somebody who who's around me to help me out.
0: Excellent. So, what kind of advice would you give to people that are interested in making documentaries? Like, what have been some of your—what are some of your— hardest learned lessons or things that you think that other people should know when making films like this?
1: Well, first of all, uh, don't do it. Run <laughs> away. <laughs> That's like a first suggestion because it takes years of dedication. So uh, I say documentary is easy to get into and difficult to get out sure. because it's really easy to get in because you, you think, oh, I have this greatest idea and I want to do a film. And I, I'm sure I can inspire people around the world. But once you start doing it, you realize, uh, you know, things uh, don't work out as uh, you expect to work out. And after a while, you get uh, very frustrated. And, uh, you know, the only way you can get through is your passion and persistence. And uh, this is going to go into uh, the answer of, to your question. First, you gotta have a passion to your subject. If you don't have the passion, you are not going to make it, you know, I guarantee. Mm-hmm. But sec- yeah, second thing is to do things you have access to. So if you uh, make a film, and if you don't have any uh, like a financial uh, backing from uh, uh, big people, uh, you gotta work with what you have. And after, when you look around, There's something unique about you or unique about the way you grow up. And, uh, you know, there's something you can only offer. So you got to dive into that subject rather than thinking about, oh, I think this subject is cool.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned persistence and access and you mentioned that you had these things with regards to the priests and the carvers that you were filming. Um, were any of the film subjects hesitant at all to let you make the film or to be involved? Oh yeah,
1: of course. And I gotta use a uh, in Buddhism we say skillful means. You know, I don't know if you have heard of it. Or yeah. not. <laughs> so skillful means basically, you know, you you know basically say things in a way like a uh, guide him to do the film in my case, you know, uh, eventually they're convinced that they want to be in the part of the film. But some of the them, them people in the beginning are like, ah, you know, I don't know about that, you know, but again, it comes okay. with the persistence. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, are you still in, uh, in touch with any of the priests that are in the film?
1: Well, not so much. I mean, I'm uh, so getting so involved with the making film, and uh, every once in a while, so I, you know, send a message saying that you know I'm still working on it, but you know, I really want to uh, finish the. I already finished the product, but you know, be able to. I wanna, uh, I wanna like a, you know, uh, show the film. Uh, be able to show the film uh, around the world and uh, when that happens uh, finally i want to show the film to uh,
0: those people who
1: uh, help me
0: out are any of them like really excited about the film are they all like really like excited to see what you've been able to create
1: well uh you know what i'm not sure i never asked them about it
0: (laughs) they'll see it they'll hopefully they'll see it eventually um so what are some of the plans for the film? I know that you're um, um, getting ready. I know that you've got a whole bunch of great videos up, up on your um, your YouTube channel. You've got a bunch of trailers out that you've been promoting. Um, so what are your plans for uh, release?
1: Well, you know, I would like to release the film as soon as possible, but, you know, unfortunately that's how things work in this world, I guess. Because uh, what happens is I'm... a uh, planning to submit one of the most prestigious film festivals first so you know if uh, those festivals don't accept my film then i'm gonna go to uh, like a i don't want to say lesser f- film festivals but you know uh less reputable film festivals mm-hmm. and uh, those big festivals uh, m- most of them require world premiere so if that that means if I show my film to anywhere also publicly they will deny my application and entry so what I have to do is right now is to patiently submit my films to bigger festivals and hopefully I'll get the world premiere there if not then you know I'm gonna uh, find out another way to do it which is you know which is a very tedious process
0: yeah sure and I mean you know, these film festivals only happen one time a year. So if you get accepted to one and it's like eight to ten months away and they want to be the world premiere, well, then you have eight to ten months where you can't show it. Uh,
1: yeah, it, it depends on the festival. So, you know, some uh, festival just to show the film right away and some festivals, so we got to wait. So it's a case by case again. So that's why, you know, it requires a lot of research.
0: Whenever you first popped up on my Twitter feed a few months back, um, I was so captivated by the trailers that you have released. So I think that everybody should go and check them out. I think that um, the art form that you've been talking about, bushy carving, is so beautiful. And the craftsmanship and the work that goes into this is astounding. I'm really looking forward to seeing the film myself Um. Because I feel like there's so much patience and dedication and skill that goes into it. And I'm just really kind of um, just really excited for you and being able to finally put this film out. Um, So where can people find you if they want to know more about your work? I know you have a really fantastic social media presence. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a that's a that's funny yeah, yeah. I, I hope so <laughs> but anyway uh yeah uh, first of all i think uh you know youtube is uh you know very important because over there i have a, a weekly uh tv show called carving the divine tv uh carving the divine tv or Talk about the basic concept of Buddhism and the history of the Buddhism uh, to the people who are not exposed to this tradition. Because what I realized that is, if you're not in a certain kind of a religious community, it is very difficult to even get into uh, understanding what core uh, belief system and uh, uh, what kind of things they do and everything. So, you know, in order for people to appreciate my film even more, I thought, you know, it is important to inform people uh, the basic of Buddhism. So I invite uh, every week a scholar, uh, Michael Jordan Van Houtenvelt uh, from Lacuma, Los Angeles County Museum, to uh, talk about uh, Buddhism and the history of the Buddhism. And it's like a five to ten minutes and it's not heavy. And uh, anybody uh, who has a uh, common sense can understand uh, uh, this beautiful uh, wisdom tradition of the East. So that's first uh, for, first thing. So and I have a uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, and uh, each uh, you know gives you a little bit uh, uh, of uh, uh, information about the movie. Sometimes uh, you know I show like a little clip. And a uh, uh, meme, uh, like a quote from a, 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 a Bushi and Apprentice. So, uh, yeah, if you can, guys can check them out, it uh, uh, will be very interesting.
0: Well, Yujiro, this has been a really good time. I am so grateful to you for spending this uh, this evening with me to have this conversation. And I'm so excited for Carving the Divine and learning more from you whenever i get to see your film so thank you so much for coming on classical ideas
1: thank you very much for having me greg
0: classical ideas is produced by me greg soden music on classical ideas is performed and composed by derek striving You can find his music at www.wearewarmmusic.com. If you would like to support this show, please subscribe or leave a rating in iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.